Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Vice Guide to Right Now, a daily rundown of all things Vice. I'm Jessie Maiko. This holiday season, we're going into the archives to bring you one of our favourite Vice interviews. Michael K. Williams' rise is truly unconventional. The Brooklyn Bread actor became a household name in the early 2000s after his celebrated role as Omar on the HBO series The Wire. He has most recently taken on the role of Leonard in Sundance TV series Happen Leonard. Can you tell me a little bit about what your, your first audition was like when you first started getting into acting? Actual first audition, I can remember acting was in a music video. It was for um, the Madonna secret video. I said a few things. I remember, like you know, boxing into the into the camera, acting like a boxer, and uh, it was a uh, '94, '95, and by what three or four years later, I found myself in front of, you know, Mr. Martin Scorsese, um, in 1998, auditioning for the movie he was doing in New York called Bringing Out the Dead with Nicolas Cage, and he looked at me after I read all three roles. And he says, you're a damn good actor. And then he, he looked at the cast and he said, give him the part, give him the part he wants. He's a damn good actor. You, you're a good kid. And I remember my armpits was like, oh, shit, I'm going to see this fucking sweat. And um, I remember saying that was the day I, I, I stopped dancing. And I could I give all my focus into, to the craft. Any character you've ever played, do you have to feel a personal connection to that character? The only thing, really, that I connect with like me as Michael K. Williams to any particular character that I play has got to be the emotion. If the emotion doesn't feel real to me, then the motivation, I'll be I'll be acting. It's got to come from a real place. Like I've never, Lord knows, I've never killed anyone in my life, you know. Um, I've never been put in that situation, thank God. But when I play characters that commit murder, that emotion that, that is driving me in that particular scene has got to feel real right. to me. Mm-hmm. To me, at least to me. If it doesn't feel real to me, how the fuck am I going to expect to feel real to you? With your roles, you know, you played a lot of queer characters. Do you think that LGBT issues were something that were a priority to you young in your life, or have you grown to appreciate it and grown to see it as a priority? The LGBT community has been a part of my life since I was a youngin. I say this all the time. I said the the person that taught me the streets, that taught me how to protect myself the best I could, you know, was a dyke, <laughs> a, a, a very aggressive female who was beautiful and didn't take no shit. That was my best friend. That was my running buddy in the street. 
you know, I was too soft to hang with dudes. Right. You know, like you know, the, you know, I was corny. Mm. She toughened me up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that came with some stipulations. One was I went to a lot of gay clubs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, hey, but she was cool as shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? I went to a lot of gay bars, man. A lot of lesbian bars and shit. You know, so um, this is my my homage. And to, to the to the community because that community has always embraced me, mm. never judged me. I was just Mike. I wasn't faggot Mike. I wasn't punk ass Mike. I wasn't black and ugly Mike. I wasn't corny Mike. I was just Mike. Something I liked about you in the wire that stuck out to me more than anything else, being from Baltimore, is that you kind of took an effort to to have that essence of being from the city. Watching the show, I'm like, damn, he actually made an effort. That that um that really that, that means a lot to me, yeah. brother, and, and thank you. Yeah. It was my first summer by myself in Baltimore. I had to walk the streets all hours of the night by myself. <clears throat> what part of town? You name it, east, west, mm. just walking. It, it was then that I really started to get the tone to understand his voice. By season three, he was in the pocket. I wasn't mimicking. I understood where it came from. So how was it being in Baltimore, being a being a Brooklyn guy? Me being a Brooklyn cat, it was hand in glove for me. I understood the vibration of the streets immediately. I got it. There is a black pride, a togetherness there. In spite of all the violence that goes on, you celebrate black culture more in that city. You know, it's not just pockets how it is in New York. Your whole city gets behind it. And it's, there seems to be a more consistent celebration of just black culture. Like, I can walk anywhere in Baltimore streets. And it, and, and, and it wasn't because I thought I was Omar from The Wire. Because they would have, niggas would have whooped my motherfucking ass for real, though. You know what I'm saying? It was because... I was Mike. Them mm. motherfuckers like Mike. Right. It's interesting because when I first moved here, I moved to uh, Border East Flatbush and Crown Heights. That's where I'm from. Yeah, I live yeah. on um, Midwood. Oh, yeah, you and your Midwood, my hood. Midwood between Midwood and, and Albany. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, so I was like, <laughs> I need to be in this neighborhood. Coming, coming from Baltimore, it's like 65% black. Yeah. It's very therapeutic for me to be in that. I bet it is. Coming from where I'm coming from, it's just so you like. You can understand the, my love for your city, me coming yeah. from, because you were literally in my community that right. I was born and raised and lived like in, for like 30 some odd years of my life mm -hmm. in that one community. During the time you were playing Omar, you were going through your own battles with addiction and living where, uh, living where you grew up when you played him to a certain extent, I think, until the second season or so. Well, everybody know I'm from Brooklyn or East Flatbush, the Vanderveer Projects to be exact. You know, shout out to all my true Veer heads. Um, season one happened, and I thought that I had died and gone to money heaven. You know, that was like, that was, that was the most amount of money I'd ever made, you know, per week and shit like that. Me in a pocket full of money in Baltimore, nothing good could come from that. <laughs> nothing, you know what I mean? And uh, um, I was high as a fucking dope funeral through the five dollar they had with five, you know, that was a children. I was high, riding high, nigga, just, just stupid. You know what I'm saying? I, I screwed up my money. And um, it was then that I was like, like I said, Mike, you gotta wake up, you know. Um, if I don't get a grip, I'm gonna fuck this up. With the success that you've had over the past couple of years, what's something that you still wanna accomplish? My next phase in, in my career, hopefully, 
you know, God, God willing, will be uh, my production company, Freedom Productions, mm-hmm. that I'm, I've been maturing and nurturing um, um, some projects that we're developing. I feel very passionate about, you know, and uh, and right now I'm just in this in this zone, and, and you know, everything just feels really good, you know, and I got a good team around me, mm-hmm. you know, and and uh, there is no space for bullshit. Mm-hmm. So a lot of your characters have been known to be about that life, to, to regulate to yeah. a certain extent. Yeah. But I've seen in a lot of interviews you've done that you know you always say that I'm, I'm not that guy. I'm the least like that, the least gangster, the least person to be shooting somebody or something like that. But what actually sets you off? I'm starting to realize I'm more like these characters that I give myself credit for. Mm. Um, I'm a hustler. I work hard. I do what it takes. Um, not breaking any laws, I'm not gonna hurt anybody, but I will push the fucking envelope to the line, to the limit. I've come to realize, when I, as I look up now, 50 years old, I'm like, okay, I, I, you got some young bucks can't keep it with me right now. Not with the stamina I'm, I'm rolling with, you know. I'm blessed, you know, for the life that I've come from, <laughs> you know, the, the garbage I put in my body. I'm real blessed to have, you know, health, and, and stamina, because this this is not the, the quarter of the game to, to, to fall weak or to be on oh, oh, oh you know breaking down. Nah, man, I got the ball. I'm running with it. I'm running with it. Appreciate it. No doubt. Man. All right, man. All right, Thank you bless. for coming through. No doubt. Thank you for the time, man. No doubt. Definitely. Man. Thanks for listening, and tune in again tomorrow for another Vice Guide to Right Now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.